You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk. Hi, I'm Carmi Levy. Stephanie is in New York City taking part in the Canadian Technology Accelerator program, and we'll be back at the mic in a couple of weeks with all sorts of news from the Big Apple. We've got an action-packed show for you this week with one of the biggest deals to hit the audiobook industry in years. In Tech Talk, there are big deals happening in the video game industry as well, where one of the most legendary players in video games is making a major move. And in VoxBox, we'll talk about voice direction and why it can make or break a project. But first, it's time for the biz, and I've enlisted some help from some of the best. I want to introduce two very special guests to Vox Talk. If you're a Voices.com talent, you probably already know them just as well as members of your own family. Jennifer Smith is our talent services manager, which means she's the authority for helping voice talent kickstart their online voiceover career. When it comes to giving just the right kind of advice to the members of our voice community, Jennifer is the one that we go to. Juliana Lance is our talent account manager. When I started here at Voices.com, she was the one I hung around with to learn more about what makes the voice industry tick. There's nothing she doesn't know, and nothing she won't do to help our voice talent. Jennifer and Juliana are just back from attending VO Atlanta, the biggest voiceover conference on the East Coast, and I'm thrilled to welcome them both to the Vox Talk studio. Welcome. Hi, Carmi. All right, guys, so tell me, in one word, what was it like to be at VO Atlanta? I would definitely say my word is inspiring. The people there were wonderful, and my top moment was meeting Andrea Romano. As a woman who broke through the glass ceiling of voiceovers, she was so great to me, absolutely inspiring as a woman who's also in voiceovers. Yeah, and I would definitely say that my word would be engage. Um, Engage was the theme of the conference, and we definitely engaged with a lot of talent there. Uh, we were almost kind of bombarded when we first got there. So many talent coming mm-hmm. up to us that were so excited to meet us and, you know, let us know that they're already working voice talent on Voices.com, that, you know, they wouldn't even necessarily be in this business if it weren't for us. And, and they wouldn't have been at the voiceover conference if we hadn't let them know about the conference. So it was definitely so neat to see people from all over the world. We had a guy, um, Wild, that's one of the uh, first talent on Voices.com came all the way from Dubai. Um, we also had talent from all over um, South America. I, I know Gerald, um, the conference producer, said that there were um, 12 different countries represented at the conference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just so nice to actually see the difference that we make in the in this industry and, and realize that we're helping these people build their businesses. And I know David and Stephanie have said it before, but it's just so awesome. To, to know that we're helping these people to put food on the table for their families and really helping them to um, have a way to, to, to have a voiceover career when they don't all live in L.A. and New York. You guys are making me wish that I had been there. I'm really sorry I missed it. I'm thinking next year I should already be making my travel plans. You talked about families, and that, that's important. It's important to us here in the halls at Voices.com. What kind of feeling of family do you get when you finally get to meet the people that you've been working with online, on the phone for so long. I mean, this really is a big global family, isn't it? 
I was, I could have been in tears. I was so happy to finally meet these people in person. I mean, especially coming from working with talents on client projects from project administration to see these people in person. I just wrapped my arms around absolutely every one of them and said, thank you for everything you helped us do because the product that you put forth for these clients is top notch. And so we really respected them and had such a great time connecting with them. They were all really wonderful. I love that there's no, you know, we tend to think that technology is good enough, that it'll connect us. But sometimes I guess you do just have to get on a plane and go and see people, don't you, Jen? Definitely. And I think the other thing is that we actually talk to people all the time on the phone as well. And I know people that were at the conference, you know, made comments to us about the fact that they feel like we have that personal touch. So even though we're not always, you know, face to face with the talent, it's nice to know that they they appreciate the fact that we're you know, talking to them on the phone, we're emailing them personal emails and that we're, you know, taking opportunities to acknowledge their their success in the business. I love it. Uh, you know, really, this is why we go because it allows us to connect. And honestly, I, I wish I wish everyone uh, who's listening had an opportunity to meet us. I wish we could meet everyone. Um, and I'm guessing there's going to be. Do we have any other conferences on on the horizon that we're going to be at at some point this year? Well, I'm not sure whether um, whether we'll be attending, but I'm sure we'll be participating in some way. Coming up, there's the Midwest Voiceover Conference in Ohio, and then there's also the uh, Mid-Atlantic Voiceover Conference in Virginia. Sounds amazing. I will uh, certainly get those on the calendar, and we'll be uh, we'll be talking about them obviously here on Vox Talk. We'll share it in Vox Daily as well as in our Vox Minute videos. You know, I could probably talk about VO Atlanta all day, but we're going to run out of room on our server. And I promised Ken, our brilliant sound engineer, that we'd be out of the studio before lunchtime. So let's dive into the rest of the biz. The biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. Jennifer, I understand there's big news brewing in the world of audiobooks. There is. So uh, Rakuten is a major e-commerce company based in Japan, and it's just announced it's buying Overdrive for $410 million. That's a little more money than I have in my wallet right now. Companies get bought and sold every day, Jennifer. What sets this particular deal apart? So Rakuten is one of the biggest e-commerce companies in the Far East, and it's been on a global shopping spree in recent years. In 2011, it bought the Canadian ebook maker Kobo, and just last year it snapped up Viper, instant messaging company, in a deal valued at almost a billion dollars. Jump change, right? <laughs> yeah, hang on, let me check my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Overdrive is a big deal in the audiobook world. It's been around since 1986, so almost 30 years. It's easily the, one of the biggest audiobook content markets places anywhere. It's got two and a half million titles from over 5,000 publishers, so they're pretty substantial. And with Rakuten buying them, all that content suddenly gets connected to one of the top ebook readers and a leading instant messaging company to boot. Uh, the comp- Rakuten also has holdings in Pinterest, believe it or not, as well as video on demand and online retail. And it's got a pretty good track record of connecting them and finding ways to generate new value from creative combinations of companies. So guys, let's suck audiobooks. Why is this part of the voiceover world suddenly so popular? 
Well, I definitely think it's very popular because people want to consume audiobooks in different ways. You know, I even think about, um, you know, David, the co-founder of Voices.com, talking about how he's always listening to an audiobook in his car. You know, obviously you can't read when you're driving and, you know, why not actually educate yourself a little bit more, entertain yourself in a different way than just listening to the radio and listen to an audiobook. You know, everybody is definitely, you know, becoming more and more familiar with audiobooks and realizing that they don't have to spend, you know, they don't actually have to be sitting down in a chair reading their their book. They can they can do it in different ways. And I think that the the industry is definitely really popular. Um, one thing I wanted to say was that when I was at VO Atlanta, uh, the one talent that I met from Dubai named Whale, he was letting me know that in the Middle East, they actually don't have audiobooks. So that's a surprise. Yeah, I was so surprised when he told me that he said that, you know, it just hasn't really made it there yet, that people just aren't interested, that they're just reading books instead of of listening to them with audiobooks. And even though the industry is already so big and that's such a big part of what voiceovers is, it's so inspiring to see and encouraging to see that there's definitely still lots of room. I mean, and by everybody there speaks English. So just think about the potential if I, you know, eventually audiobooks pick up there, there'd be so many more opportunities. It's good to know. I mean, if you're a, if you're a voice professional and you're thinking about where do I take my business next, that's certainly something to keep in mind. If audiobooks are not penetrating in a certain market, maybe that's where you should start looking because that's where there's less competition. So, Juliana, you work with talent all the time and obviously on audiobook-related projects as well. What's so different about an audiobook project compared to, say, a commercial read or something like that? I mean, this is a somewhat unique skill, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Think of audiobooks as a labor of love. It really is someone's heart and soul into it. Think of the hours in the studio, the hours of editing. It is their best of the best presented to you. And how nice is it to be vacuum cleaning and listening to someone whose sweet, melodious voice is telling you about Lord of the Rings or something (laughs) wonderful like that? Definitely sounds amazing. And there's certainly a reason why audiobooks are becoming as popular as they are. Coming up next in Tech Talk, Nintendo is about to set Super Mario and Zelda free. What's that all about? Stay with us. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. Hey, Carmi, I've been meaning to ask you, are you a video gamer yourself? Well, Juliana, I will admit, among friends, just us, that I've probably spent more than my fair share of time sitting in front of screens, big and small, playing video games. I won't admit to being any good at it, though. My kids, on the other hand. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you spent time with at least one Nintendo game. And oh, maybe yeah. More. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Though. Super Mario and I were like this. We were best buddies. And if the gods of gaming limited me to only one video game character forever, I would want to be with him. So what's the deal with this news about Nintendo partnering with a Japanese company to release Super Mario? Well, uh, the Japanese company is known as Dina, D-E-N-A, and they are a mobile game company. They develop games for mobile devices like smartphones as well as tablets, including iOS and Android. They also develop web games that you play in your browser, either on your computer or on your mobile device. Um, And and this is big. The reason being is, is up until now, if you wanted to play a Nintendo character, 
character or a Nintendo game, you played it on Nintendo hardware, like a Wii or a DS or something like that. So if you wanted to play it on your iPhone, you're out of luck. If you wanted to play it on your computer or on the web, you are also out of luck. And the reason being is in the old days, the bad old days of technology, um, you know, companies like Nintendo really wanted to protect their intellectual property. They didn't want it to get out. They didn't want to lose control over it. But what's been happening in recent years is that Nintendo, as we all know, hasn't been doing all of that well in the video game market. Microsoft's Xbox One is beating it. Sony's PlayStation 4 is outselling it significantly. And Nintendo, basically, if they're not going to make their money off their hardware, they're going to have to look to those characters like Super Mario and Zelda to, to sort of release some of the value from them. And the way you do that is by making them available in a much broader universe. Hence this deal. Mm, and speaking of Super Mario, I have a joke for you. What kind of pants does Mario wear? Um, I don't know, blue? <laughs> denim, denim, denim. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. At least let the record say that at least I got the color right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well played. So one thing I wanted to comment on, uh, when I was at VO Atlanta, I got a chance to reconnect with Elaine Clark. Uh, she's in San Francisco. She runs the school uh, Voice One there. And, you know, she was talking to us about how she was one of the first people to really break into the voiceover industry with video games. Um, you know, being so close to Silicon Valley, she was one of the first people to actually be going and doing um, voiceovers for video games. And now she's working with some really, really big companies right, you know, within like a block of, of where her office is. And it was just so neat for her to, you know, talk a little bit about how voiceovers and video games have evolved so much. You know, I know myself or whatever, just watching uh, my boyfriend playing video games. It's like watching a movie now. They are. And in many cases, the production budgets for some of these games rival or in many cases exceed that of a traditional uh, feature film. And so I think this is it's an important takeaway for voice professionals is that as companies like Nintendo are trying to expand their universe, if you're a voice professional, your your potential business just went up because now these projects are going to be begging for crying for professional talent uh, to fill them. And in many cases, they're incredibly common comprehensive projects. What I like about the Super Mario Zelda deal with Dina is that it also holds the potential for smaller projects because mobile games can sometimes be a little bit more accessible. The budgets are lower. Um, they're easier for maybe newer talent to get into. Web games, same thing. Uh, those are those are fairly quick turnaround projects and they can come up fairly often uh, and you can just keep auditioning and auditioning and get right in. And that could be a really good way to build your career and to get noticed by by aligning with a fairly large industry player. Definitely. I, I mean, I try to tell people about this all the time. You know, they're thinking about wanting to get into the the really popular video games when they first get started in the industry, but they don't really realize that, you know, some of those jobs are going to some of the, the biggest names in voiceover. And there are so many other opportunities, you know, especially on Voices.com for, you know, character voices for you know, mobile app games and for small games for children online and such. There's just so many other opportunities, like you said, that can help you to get some experience. That's really great guidance, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks, Carmi. That's it for this week's Tech Talk. Coming up next, VoxBox and why voice direction is so important for producers, project managers, and talent alike. VoxBox, sharing your audio feedback. 
We had a voice direction training session the other day here at Voices.com, and it was an eye-opening experience for me. We talked about this before in Vox Talk about how important it is for producers and directors to give direction to talent. But I also didn't realize how important it is for talent to take the time to really get behind the script before they go anywhere near the mic. Understanding the story behind the story and the audience that you're speaking to is a lot more important than it seems, right? It definitely does. I, When Juliana and I were at VO Atlanta, one of the things that was amazing to watch was David Goldberg uh, from Edge Studios' copy workout session. Um, I've actually seen it before. I, it's sort of become a tradition. Anytime he goes to one of the conferences, you know, it starts late in the evening and, and we're, we're still uh, doing this until midnight. And there's often this long lineup of people just, you know, anxious to get direction from him. And it's so neat to realize all of the effort and thought and analysis that goes into every single little read and how you can change up a sentence just by giving it, you know, a, a different um, a different tone. Um, for example, one of the things that I learned uh, was that you should always make sure to not emphasize, but make sure that you say the first word of a sentence a little bit more slowly. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start off a sentence saying, uh, you know, it was great. But really what you should be doing is saying, it was great. And then the other thing I found interesting is that I think everybody gets so hung up on emphasizing and putting such, you know, excitement kind of into the name of a company. But there was this script that somebody was reading that was actually more for like a like a how-to tutorial. So the person had already bought the product. Now it was makeup, I think. And so now they're watching a tutorial on how to how to use the makeup. And so say, I can't remember what the company was. Say it was, um, you know, Mac. And the, the name of the company didn't need to be emphasized, he said at that point, because it wasn't a promo. He said at this point, the person's already bought the product. They already know the company. You can just go ahead with the with the script in, in a little bit more of a casual way. And, uh, and so that was interesting. But he did point out that when um, you have a pronoun, so when you're replacing the name of a company with a pronoun, that again, you don't, you don't want to necessarily always have to emphasize it, but you want to make sure that it doesn't get lost. Because one thing that we sometimes forget because we're always just the ones hearing our voice is that there's going to be music put over top of this a lot of times. And so if you speed through some of those really important words, as soon as you put music over it, it's gone, it's lost. Mm -hmm. The meaning gets lost a little as well. So it's definitely good to hit the right parts and knowing where the right parts are. It's also probably a good idea to make sure that, you know, whether you're the the director and the talent, that everyone knows what that final production is going to look like. In other words, as you're voicing it, no, are they going to be putting music over it? Are there other sound effects that I have to keep in mind so that as I read, I'm accommodating those and I just have them in mind so that my voice adapts to the final production target? Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. It makes sense. I mean, if you don't know what it's going to sound like at the end, you're not going to be able to to have the right flow and so on. That's going to make it really sound natural. That's amazing advice. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning into Vox Talk. I'm Carmi Levy. And I'm Jennifer Smith. And I'm Juliana Lance. Keep in touch with us on Twitter by using the hashtag VoxTalk. And watch for our Vox Minute videos. Just look for the Vox Minute hashtag. We'll be back in studio next week. Thanks so much for listening.